genre. You're right, Mindy. We are going to need more donuts. Welcome to Beyond Geek by Night, where we have been discussing each episode of the Geek by Night podcast. On today's show, we'll be discussing the 34th episode, The Blind Spot. So let's get started because we have a lot to cover. We're about to go Beyond Geek by Night. I am your host, Matt Bennett. And here is our awesome panel. I'm joined today by writer and creator Scott Corelli. Hi. Writer and executive producer Cassandra Fredrickson. Hello. Voice of Charlotte Swift, Rachel Gatlin. Hi. And voice of Nathan Gershwin, Brian Brown. Hello. In this episode, The Blind Spot, the underdogs undergo underdog comics employee training from Gwen. Charlotte Swift decides to meet with Nathan Gershwin in order to find out more information on Billy, who has taken complete control of Swift Industries. Through a series of flashbacks, we learn about the history of Charlotte, Lorelai, and Henry, including a glimpse into the accident that claimed Henry's life. Meanwhile, Lorelai puts her escape plan into action. She works with Madison Powers, Janet Stokely, and Cosmo Peters to hack the robot guards and finally break free of the Supermax prison. In exchange for Charlotte's story, Nathan Gershwin reveals that Billy's power is power amplification, requiring him to work with others in order to use his powers in the first place. Very poetic indeed. Not only that, Billy is responsible for Henry's death, knowing it would drive a wedge between the Swift sisters. Stunned by the news, Charlotte realizes that she and Lorelai's relationship was shattered based on a lie. As Lorelai and the overachievers become surrounded by security drones, it looks as if their plan will fail until Charlotte Swift arrives to whisk them away. Back at Underdog Comics, the gang finishes their training and is reunited with Victor, who immediately notices that Simon is an android. Awkward. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to start with Scott and Gas because there's... There's a lot in this episode, a lot of big reveals. Um, So I kind of want to start big picture. So Billy's character really crossed a threshold in this episode. Uh, He's not just the antagonist anymore. He's a truly evil person now that we know his involvement in Henry's death. What impact do you think this has on the series now that our primary antagonist is revealed to be responsible? I mean, this kind of kind of a new territory here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of always where I wanted the show to go at a certain point because we're leading these characters to a point where they're going to become superheroes. And that's not going to happen if there's not uh, an actual threat. You need to be able to establish that doing this is going to take a toll on them um, and there's going to be threats beyond people uh, starting fights at karaoke clubs. You know, um, <laughs> we didn't want everybody to just be Max. We wanted to be able to show that there was a um, a stark comparison between Max and other villains. They had it easy last season. Now, you know, and you, and you said, and you, it's funny because you, you mentioned like, you know, um, now that, now that he's done this, well, he, he's always done this. True. Like, yep. From we the just beginning, yep. yeah, we we just learned about it just mm-hmm. now. But but the fact is, he was always this guy. Which really, now that you know really who this guy is, you go back and you listen to season one, and it's kind of even creepier. Um, <laughs> Billy's a creep, uh, and I, I I mean he is he is, and uh, I really like that. I think it's cool. 
I think Billy is uh, more fun to write now that he's like um, out of the closet, so to speak. Like he, like all of his cards are on the table, and he's like, "This, you know, this is who I am," and and kind of take it or leave it. And like, like, um, like season one, Billy was interesting, but I, th- I don't know. I, I'm I'm more fascinated by him as like a like a villain, I guess, like a true villain instead of just like Max's lapdog, you know. So. Yeah. So Cass, you've written um, the two episodes that most explore the character and the history of the, the Swift sisters. Mm-hmm. What is it that attracts you to writing these episodes that heavily feature those two? My wheelhouse is, is people talking about their feelings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which, uh, yeah, I don't know, which is more apparent in a, a future episode, actually. Um, but <laughs> this... With Ghost Story, I was interested in um, Lorelai, like this side of Lorelai that we had never seen before. That wasn't kind of like bouncing off the walls and like really like manic and in your face. Like, I think Lorelai is multifaceted, um, which I like. Um, And I like exploring that um, for her. Um, And Charlie is kind of... uh, I think I've like adopted Charlie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think like Charlie fascinates me even more because like she, there's just so many layers to her. Um, and the way that these two characters interact uh, is really interesting for me um, because like the, the, I don't know the, like the personas that they present present to certain people um, and like when they're um, they might be like dealing with each other or like people that they're close to is interesting to me. Like the things that they say or leave unsaid, I feel like says a lot mm-hmm. about who they are. Um, and I'm an older sister. Um, I have a younger sister and I base uh, I, 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 I borrow loosely from my relationship with my sister when I'm writing them. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of like informs that, which is like really nice. It's kind of like free therapy. So <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, I think it's too, you know, in, in, you know, going back to like the, the sort of broad strokes um, and how, what she's talking about relates to Billy. It's like, it's the idea of this 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 theme that we're finding this season, which is not something I think we really set out to do, but it's one that we're finding is um, this sort of question of what kind of person is redeemable um, hmm. and, you know, what are the bad things that you can do that you can you know, walk back from and redeem yourself from and who are the kinds of people that cannot do that, Um, that there's no going back. And uh, I think we're, we're starting to see that theme kind of show its head even more so than Max last, last episode. Um, We're now seeing it again with Charlie because Charlie was, you know, a little darker than Max, just a little. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and, and now we're, we're, we're seeing her uh, begin a road to redemption as well. Um, That won't be as full of laughs as, as Max's. Um, 
but is happening nevertheless. And then you have someone like Billy, who is kind of the opposite. I mean, last season, it really seemed like he was this put upon, you know, lapdog guy who mm-hmm. was just like, God, this guy, I just, I want him to do better. You know, like I, I want him, I want him to do better. I want him to be stop, stop being so stupid. And then you realize that he had uh, uh, darker ulterior motives for wanting those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah. And so there's just this, this sort of like um, push and pull. I mean, we're living in this society right now where like, People are are um, trying to be redeemed for bad stuff and and they're being like, why can't you know, like, why? Why uncancel me? Whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, like you did something kind of so reprehensible that you can't come back from that. But then, like, you know, somebody like James Gunn says some tasteless jokes and it's like, well, I mean, you know, you you took your penance. You're You're directing a DC movie. You can come back now, you know, like, <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, so, so I think, yeah. I think there, there's levels to these things and it was something that I don't think we didn't go into this season wanting to explore those things, but I think we found that we ended up doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, came out, as a yeah. 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 So Rachel, mm-hmm. um, how does it feel to be back in the swing of production with this? You know, through season one, there's a strong presence of Charlotte going through the whole series, but we really don't know much about her until the end. Now she's very much at the forefront. So um, what's that like to see that, see your character grow and change like this? It's been a lot of work. (laughs) And I've, I've said before, I was a little worried about this because my last character, as I've said in the first run, didn't really come to anything so it was great to have more to work with um it's been a bit of an emotional roller coaster though because Mm. as as Cass said there's a lot of emotion in these scenes so you go from like up here to down here and it's it's a lot to Mm -hmm. to deal with I usually have to record everything in like two or three sessions Hmm. because I get so exhausted (laughs) yeah Especially if you're doing two, three, four takes. I sometimes I have to step away, but um I'm glad that Charlie's getting a bit of a renaissance in a way. Um because I didn't want her to be this one note character. Um I'm really happy to see this evolution she's going through and I, I always knew she was a bit of a wounded bird and something was really ripped up inside. Because how, mm. why else would there be this rift between her and her sister? Like something had to pull them apart. Now we know what it was. Um, aside from like the the sister drama, so you know, I I love playing her, and I I'm so excited to be on this path with her. Yeah. Yeah, Brian, you too. You uh, are obviously involved with the show um, in many ways, but uh, this is kind of a big, uh, big return of of Nathan Gershwin in this episode, and we learned quite a bit about him. Um, so, how does it feel to get to be Nathan again? I like Nathan as a character. He's an interesting character. He's all ego. That's all. That's you know, for the most part. That's what it is. It's he's he's ego, and he's as long as he's hearing a sound of his own voice and since his power is connected to his voice, whatever he says and whatever he imagines becomes real. And, uh, he's an interesting character, definitely a very interesting character. He's not your typical, typical bad guy you see. And the fact that he's teamed up with William and possibly other people 
is uh is neat is interesting because you know he didn't he's not the he's not the cosmo peters that's for sure hmm. he's he's in a he's in kind of a different set of he's really bad he's not a good guy he's he's an egoist totally and truly um it's an interesting character to play and um how he's written is really well set up and i i really enjoy this episode a lot um and just because there's such a neat tone change between the different stories that are going on. You have the mandatory training that everybody's in. And then you have, you know, the, the looking back at things with Charlie and Nathan and Nathan doing his best, you know, Lecter impression. True. So yeah. The quid pro quo. Yeah. He really is. I mean, and that's, you know, when, when, uh, doing the table read for this was Scott and Cass, you know, that was kind of the direction they kind of wanted to, to, to make sure to kind of put that in there. And uh, as Cass said, make him a little slimier. <laughs> yeah. And, and it is. Yeah. Cause he is, he's, he's, he's a slimy guy. It, and, it made me a little uncomfortable listening back to it today. I, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fun one to play though. It is. Yeah. And it's um very different from any character I think I've ever played before. And so it's uh it's it was fun it's fun to do definitely and boy I can't wait for you guys to see the rest listen to the rest of the episodes <laughs> too because yeah ooh, ooh, so many plans within plans it's so <laughs> wonderful and uh it's yeah it's great it's and the the writing is always fantastic and as uh, you know tip of the hat to to Cass and Scott and oh, uh, Nick because Thanks. it is it's Cass writes the gut punch ones. She really does. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, she does. She writes the feels and it's all the feels and it's so good. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I really enjoy playing this, this character. It's a good, great little character. I'm sure I'll end up being, you know, in jail sooner or later though. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so you mentioned the table read and I, I'm interested to know what the table read was like for this episode. Cause typically <laughs> you have all the underdogs around and you know, the, this full cast, but this episode really centers on a much smaller group. Um, so I'm interested to hear from uh, cast and crew uh, what that table read was like. It was I'm trying good. to remember. It was <laughs> right? fun. It was so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun yeah. because, well, I think it was fun because it was just us B-roll characters, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It was the non, not the leads because the leads weren't in our table read at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was half the fun. Um, it was all the, the secondary crew doing our thing. Um so it was, it was a lot of fun to do. And it was, it was neat to be able to see the people that we've been playing off of as well. And also, you know, be able to, to do a live table read like that. At least for me, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I did. I did something fun. I don't know if anyone noticed. Uh, I did something fun in the credits, which is that uh, I credited all of our main cast members, all mm-hmm. the underdogs in the also starring yeah. uh, section. <laughs> and I put all my, all my B rolls up in the front because they were the star <laughs> of the show this week. Um, yeah. So uh, that was that was fun to do. <laughs> I noticed it because I read the credits. So yeah. that's, yeah. That, that, that was hilarious. I was like, "This is awesome!" So <laughs> it was it was is really cool. Scott, were you nervous about doing an episode uh, like this where, by design, our principal characters are not featured? Uh, I think I think Cass can yes. attest to this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I will, I was extremely nervous, uh, because the thing that I'm worried about, you know, we're, we're, um, four episodes into a 10 episode Mm -hmm. final season, you know? Um, and so we only have six episodes left after this. 
And the idea of doing an underdog light episode did freak me out a little bit because I was like, there's only, you know, there, there's only, we have this minimum amount of time to hang out with them. Um, and, and we're going to jettison that this week with this episode, because I knew that it was important for the story that it just be about the Swift sisters separately. I mean, it's literally like the structure mm-hmm. is they're separate and then they come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I knew that the underdogs would kind of just get in the way of that. And they, they didn't have a story that I could think of that really fit in with, you know, what they were doing. And then at some point, I don't remember when uh, I figured out the bookends thing. Hmm. And I think, I think at the beginning, I think if I remember correctly, Cass was kind of like against it. Like she was like, I don't know if that, that feels like, yeah, 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 yeah. That. You're like, ah, that feels, that feels like a, that feels weird and it's bad. Risky. And I, don't, yeah. I don't, I was yeah. worried that it was going to like undercut like all the things that we had been like working on, but like mm-hmm. the bookend scenes were like my favorite, one of my favorite things to direct. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I, 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 it, it was, you know, I think I had the idea of the bookends, but didn't know what they would be for a long time. Yeah. Hmm. And that was when Cass was like very against it. And then when I came up with the idea that like, oh, they're in training the whole episode, like and boring underdog comics training, (laughs) not like retail training, not fun, exciting superhero training. And that's why we're not with them. It's almost like us, you know, kind of winking at the audience to be like, hey. We, they they don't really matter right now. <laughs> we need to be focusing on this other stuff to get the get the ball rolling. And I think once I once I presented it that way to Cass, I think then she was on board with it because it was kind of a nothing storyline. It was yeah, like it was a like cold really open nebulous. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so you know, it it also gave the blind spot a third meaning because they were blind to everything that happened in this episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um, so Cass, were, were there any special challenges with, uh, both writing and, and directing an episode like this that's so unconventional compared to the series up to this point? Yeah, I think the, the voiceover, like balancing where the voiceover would happen and, and when it would, or how it would transition into like a flashback and how to make that, um, apparent. Um, I think Scott did a really good job with the sound design in that respect. Um, because like, you know, her, her voiceover in, in like the pub scene or something like that, like it's kind of echoey. So you get this sense of just like, oh, this is Charlie telling her story and not her in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then picking takes where, um, we have like present day Charlie who is, um, you, like who we are familiar with, who's like a little colder and, and, um, a little more like snippy i guess um and then you have Mm -hmm. like flashback charlie who's a little more um like warm and and relaxed um Mm -hmm. so like finding that balance and like making sure that that happens you know Mm -hmm. i just want to i just want to shout out rachel real quick because yes yes absolutely uh, (laughs) i i i i uh i don't know if she did this on purpose i'm gonna say that she did because she's a great actress um but the 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 idea that um the character that she was playing when she first meets simon in the coffee shop in friends and enemies is charlie 
it, when she's like meeting Henry for, for mm. lunch at the pub, it's mm-hmm. the same character. Like mm-hmm. she's playing that character and you sort of now in retrospect, you know that like, oh, we got a little glimpse of like real Charlie <laughs> there for a second um, before she went back into her mysterious woman vibe. I'd like to say I did that on purpose. I don't think I consciously did though. Mm. I, I did want there to be a contrast between Charlie now and Charlie then. Mm-hmm. So now that you say it, yeah, it does make sense. She was putting on an act to seem like this like cute, fun girl, like mm-hmm. what, how she used to be to sort of flirt with Simon. So yeah, uh, sure. I'll take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, did you find it um, particularly challenging or rewarding to essentially play kind of two different Charlies in this episode. You know, we have Charlie before this traumatic thing happened and then obviously Charlie today. Yeah. Again, another reason why these recording sessions are a little exhausting for me because I have to go through so many emotions in one little like microcosm. Um, Yeah. It was fun to, again, go to back to a time when she was happy and, What's that like? And how did she get so damaged that now she has no emotions, really? Um, And one challenging thing that I run into, I I actually threw away a take because I tend to record Charlie a little bitchy. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why I do that. Resting so, Charlie face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's because I think it's because I, I sympathize with her because she's a woman in a male dominated field like I am. And if I had a nickel for every time an IT guy mansplained to me, I'd be a very rich woman. <laughs> so I understand that um urge to kind of like bite back and be a little bit like snake like. Um, mm-hmm. but I also try to tone that down because I don't want her to seem too bitchy, but I also want her to seem powerful, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, this, this next one's for Brian. Um, you know, we, we haven't seen Nathan in a while. Um, and we could see a lot of him in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, was it, uh, challenging getting back into that role that you seem to like so much you know was it you know uh, oh i'm back or um did it did it take some time to find it again it did take a little time to find it um just the the delivery of how nathan talks um and then also to throw that extra layer of slime on top of it as well because now at this point nathan knows he's in the catbird seat he knows he's he's got you know He's working for the bad guy now mm-hmm. at this point in time. So um, I think it took me a little while to figure out how to really do it and get the right pacing down for, for him, too. Because um, I remember the first time um, for this, this Halloween episode, essentially, is what, what I always call it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Scott was like, like fast, deliver, snap. He wants that kind of snap to the to the character. And so I try to do that, but sometimes I found that it didn't flow quite as well. And so it was a little challenging to get back into that character, especially since I hadn't played him in a long time, too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. It's always challenging to go back. So you have to go back and listen to it. That's what I basically do. I go back and listen to the old, my old takes that I have in there um, <clears throat> that I've saved away, squirreled away. Um, you know, 
I even have stuff from the old Geek by Night squirrel away <laughs> on my computer. So it's bright. It's it's blackmail for Scott later on. When I go. <laughs> we already released them now at this point, so you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not blackmail anymore. You yeah, have no power over me, Brian. Dang it. Um, but no, I mean, it really was. It was it was a challenge to get back in that character again and get get that kind of mindset too. Um, you know, kind of getting that um, creepy mindset because because Nathan's creepy too. Don't don't get me wrong. You're definitely oh, yeah. creepy. That's why he and Billy get along sort of well, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I mean, it is. It was fun, though. It's a fun character to get, get into, but at the end of the day, you, you don't want to wear that suit too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about writing a character like Nathan? Um, is it something oh God, that's, that's pretty thing. easy because he's in your head it's, all the time? Oh, he's your favorite. My, it's my favorite. Yeah. Nathan yeah. is my favorite person to write for. <laughs> why is I, that? I love I love a smarmy villain. I love it. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. The, I, that is good. I mean, I, he and you, he you make him so smarmy. Thank you. And, and that's the funny thing. It was great. It was great. You know, like I said when when we were doing the table read cast, like make him smarmier and slimier. Mm-hmm. Basically, she's like yeah. she's like it's great, but more. And you're like, <laughs> really? Okay. You Why know, at the risk, at, like, it's kind of like. I like Nathan because he kind of toes the line to like almost too much. Um, mm. And then, um, and then like we pull it back. Uh, so I like, I like, I don't know. I like campy villains sometimes, but like, I feel like the camp has like had no place in this episode. So I'm just like, okay, mm. how do I kind of like, well, not in this storyline anyway. Um, but how do I kind of like, I don't know. We mentioned like Hannibal Lecter earlier, and that was like kind of like an inspiration, mm-hmm. like a very early thing we were talking about when we were breaking the episode. Um, so I was kind of just kind of channeling that a little, which again is like not a suit you want to wear too long, but it's still it's fun. <laughs> um, are there any other uh, characters or movies or something like that that you channel when you're writing an episode? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like Charlie, I think is also one of the ones that comes easiest to me um, hmm. because uh, I don't, Scott and Nick basically are just like, yeah, do whatever you want with Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like all of these characters are kind of like established before I, I really started working with them a whole bunch. Um, mm-hmm. So as far as like this episode goes, like Nathan is, really fun charlie was pretty um easy to wrap my my brain around um lorelei's a little trickier but like emotional lorelei i feel like i have a better handle on than um like prison break lorelei which is why hmm. i did all of those scenes and i did everything else. yeah <laughs> oh it's funny I didn't yeah know yeah me, okay. me me and nick just yeah that's that's we we did all the prison break stuff and that was yeah uh, that was yeah. so fun. The the actual prison break, the the story with the so like in the script in the in the scene where they're breaking, they're like figuring out how they're gonna mm-hmm. break out. Um, in the script, it just says they play a song that I'm gonna figure out later yes. in post. <laughs> um, that in in post that turned out to be mo- the monster mash. Um, because I I I figured I wanted a novelty song because I thought that would be the worst CD to be the only CD that you have is a novelty <laughs> song. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, it, it was between Monster Mash and the Alvin and the Chipmunks uh, 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 Christmas song. Um, but the oh, thing about no. the Chipmunks song is you don't remember it, but it has that long intro of of Dave like calling out to the Chipmunks and them responding. Um, and it it took up like a minute of the of the track, and then there was only like. A minute fifteen left, and it wasn't long enough, and I'd have to repeat it and then go through the talking bit again. Um, and I just like it was it was too much, but it was really funny too um, for the you know minute and fifteen seconds that it lasted. But yeah, we ended up going with Monster Mash. Um, but that scene, uh, that scene, I wrote having no idea really how they were going to break out, hmm. just knowing that there was a that that Lorelai was a blind spot, and that's it. That's all I had going into that scene. And then in a stream of consciousness, I just nice. broke them out of prison. <laughs> like just sort of just sitting there, just thinking, and then like, and then, oh yeah, and then this could happen. Oh, but then this is a problem, and then but they could solve it this way. And just just I, I think it took me about two hours, but yeah, I, <laughs> I I wrote that scene just like figuring it out as I went along. That was uh, well, because because originally Cass was going to write this whole episode, um, and, and it got she did wieldy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> it so is, when it is we the were, longest episode. Up yes. This point. Um, when we were when she was writing it, she was I was like, just focus on the Charlie stuff right now, and then go back and and do the Supermax stuff later. And then at a certain point, she was just like, I don't think I can do the Supermax stuff, but. Originally, she didn't want to have to figure any of it out. She was like, just figure out everything. So I, I broke those scenes within an inch of their lives. Um, uh, and so like those outlines for those scenes were like two pages long. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that she basically just had to write dialogue. But um, yeah, Nick and I ended up just uh, doing, doing that pass on all the Supermax stuff, um, which is similar to how the, the Ghost Story episode was in terms mm-hmm. of like how we broke that up. Because you did Mm -hmm. all of the amusement park stuff. I did all of the Elliot moving out stuff. And Nick did all of Nathan's stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, yeah, we tend to kind of lean on each other's strengths and, uh, you know, write the episodes in that way. I know every time that I'm going to do, I'm like, oh, it's time for like a, like a chill emotional episode. I was, and then I call Cass (laughs) Um, because she knows what to do. So. Well, thanks. Yeah. So uh, this is the part of the show where I want to go around the whole room and ask people if they have a shout out for anybody that worked on this episode. Um, I'm going to start and give a shout out to Jay Malone as Victor for his incredible line at the end of the episode revealing <laughs> that Simon was in fact an android. I love how deadpan it is. Like nobody else knows. It's just. I laughed so hard my first time listening to that. I had to rewind it to re-listen. It was amazing. Uh, um, I want to shout out, speaking of those bookend scenes, I want to shout out uh, Ray as Gwen, who <laughs> I think is so goddamn funny in those scenes. Um, they just nail Gwen. I mean, you know, they've been playing Gwen forever, but I, for whatever reason, that sort of, because those scenes are so condensed hyper-focused thing um like 
they just got to play Gwen to eleven, and it was it's so <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, it kind of I mean, to me, it kind of felt like a, a stressed out parent just yeah. trying to wrangle <laughs> a bunch of children. Yes. <laughs> Like, you're not going to get any candy unless you all sit down and shut up. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Ray Ray was awesome in this yeah. episode. Oh, yes. I want to give a shout out to um, Scott Tofty. The score for this episode was Chef Kiss. Amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. So yeah. good. The heist music particularly uh, yeah. was awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting, too, is uh, everyone keeps calling it the heist music because, yeah, but it's actually the overachievers theme. Um, so that was the first time we've heard it. Yeah. Uh, but this that's, oh. that's what this is. He he wrote an overachievers theme and that's what it is. But, yeah, it's very carpentry. This this uh, the, the the score, um, the uh, overachievers theme in particular, uh, very, very carpentry, like sounded like um uh, car- like Carpentry, or I don't know who did the score for the original Terminator, but it kind of sounded <laughs> like Terminator a little bit too. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It was cool, synthy and awesome. Oh yeah, very synthy. Yeah, yeah. Tofty's talented. Yeah. Super talented. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give um, shout outs to Natalie, Kristen, Paul, and and Naomi. Um, over to yeah. and Lorelai. Uh, those were my favorite scenes to direct, mostly because I didn't write them. But also, like, it was so funny. Um, they're so funny. Um, and then also, I wanted to give a shout out to Nick, uh, Nick Jimenez, because Billy is in this for, like, a snippet. Um, but the the line where he's explaining that, like, you know, all of the, all the inmates are going to be terminated, um, the take that I ended up using scared me so much listening to like my friend be evil that I had to like stand up from my computer and walk away. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, Nick is really good, but I am very scared. (laughs) That is not the first time I've heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think my shout out I really want to give out to is Nick Louie who plays Mm. Henry. He is amazing every time I hear him. Mm -hmm. So, and, uh, Big, big props to him because Mm -hmm. he hasn't been in a lot of episodes, but he slays it when he's there. Yeah, so much presence. Yeah, Yeah. commands. Fantastic. Um, I'd also like to say Billy McCartney too as his character in the season too. Billy, (laughs) love him. Everybody loves Leo. He just sounds like he's having the time of his life playing Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. You guys have no idea what you're in for for the for next episode. He has a he has an extended like monologue, monologue? that is yes. just yes. that is just absolutely spectacular. I can't um, wait to hear that. Oh yeah. man. I just finished editing that scene today and it is so good. Yeah. Awesome. So both those guys I'd like to give big shop props to them because they are amazing every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, we had a real showcase in this episode. I mean, we kind of got at least a little moment with everybody, which is really cool. Yeah, those that, that was the hard thing with those bookends because you want everybody <laughs> to have a little moment. Um, uh, I, you know, it's, yeah. It, I, I also want to, <laughs> double shout out. I just want to shout out Zach 
uh, in the in the second half of like you, you were there, I was your boss. Yes. Like, just, <laughs> just the absolute deadpan of that is just so good. Of like, yeah, we we we've made Joel go do like crazy all stuff. over the place, all over the place, and then and then in just that moment, he was just like, yeah, remember episode one? Yeah, I was your boss. Like, I, I, I'm I'm very good at this business thing. I you know. <laughs> um and it was just it was uh flawless delivery so oh yes yeah. as always <laughs> all right does anybody have any uh final thoughts on this monumental episode Ooh, I, I i wrote one thing down um about billy's heel turn even though it really wasn't like i kind of always had a feeling there was something really dark with billy hmm And I remember recording the lines and thinking back to Billy's big reveal Mm -hmm. where I kind of forget how, but Charlotte, Charlotte was locked in a cage or a jail Mm -hmm. and Billy's like monologuing. And I'm like, your partner's in a cage. Mm -hmm. Like get her out. (laughs) Sums up Billy pretty well. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Yeah. So it, it equally surprised me and didn't surprise me that he would have, that he's the cause of, He's responsible for uh, Henry's death because, of course, he would kill someone to get ahead. That's a hundred percent in his wheelhouse. It was also interesting to hear. Like, this is one of the first, maybe the first episode where we hear Billy kind of flustered a little bit. Like, uh, as as the the plan was was completing, he you know gets a little tripped up as he notices that the drones are powering down, and Mm -hmm. it was interesting to hear like that was the first time he was kind of like off balance a little bit. Um, and it was cool that that was juxtaposed with like the worst thing he's ever done. And to be able to get both of those things at the same time, he's a uh, mm-hmm. really interesting, I guess I'll go with interesting. Sure. Interesting <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah. Nick, Nick's performances as Billy goes into some really uh, interesting places in the next couple of episodes. Um and uh yeah i i'm i'm really excited for everyone to hear it i think it's <laughs> i think it's cool yeah you haven't heard anything yet just wait yeah. just <laughs> wait you think it's there, good now oh, oh just hold on to your seats folks there is a there's a scene between uh nathan and billy in the next episode that it was uh that i wrote that i just I was just like giggling and cackling to myself the whole time that I was writing it. And then I sent it to Kaz and she was like, this is the greatest scene I've ever read in my life. And I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, William and I have many good times. Together. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. I'm really oh, yeah. excited. There's, yeah, the next episode. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some good stuff coming. There really yeah. is. Can't wait. Yeah. We- Everybody listened to it. We still have a couple more things to figure out. Like we, we got another mention of uh, the mysterious David and the mm-hmm. nostalgia project that he is mm-hmm. working on with uh, not too much more information than that. So mm-hmm. um, sounds cool that there's a couple more feet left to drop. Yeah, there's uh, so the next episode is comic cons um, and it is a- a- essentially part one of the mid season finale. Um, and, and so we're getting uh, comic cons as part, part one. And then, um, the episode after that, uh, would be part two and, and, um, is our, our mid season finale before we, uh, take a break until, mm-hmm. uh, January. So, um, 
so yeah, the next two episodes sort of go together uh, narratively um, in, in many ways, but they're, they're distinctive enough that I think everyone's going to enjoy them separately. Cool. Mm-hmm. I am very stoked. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to say thank you again to my guests today, Scott, Cass, Rachel, Brian, for joining me. And thank you to all of you, the fans, the underdogs, for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please join the Dueling Genre Patreon at duelinggenre.com support. You'll also get access to classic Geek by Night episodes, scripts, and other behind-the-scenes materials, as well as bonus content from some of Dueling Genre's best shows. You can also tell your friends, families, and followers to subscribe to Geek by Night on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this right now. And stay tuned for the next episode on November 29th, Comic Cons, the first half of the mid-season finale. Thanks for going Beyond Geek by Night with us. Have a super day. Mm-hmm.